everyone. You're listening to the Damn Fine TV podcast. I'm Jasmine. I'm Mel's. Oh my God, we're back again. Yes, yeah, like Backstreet Boys. Yeah, brothers, sisters, <laughs> everybody sing. <laughs> Man, I love that song. I know. Well, and it's been in my head ever since that scene in Umbrella Academy. Have you finished? Exactly. Yes, I finished finally. Okay. Oh. So as soon as I saw that scene, and we'll get into Umbrella Academy in a little bit, but as soon as I saw that scene, I was like, that's what I'm going to say to Mel's when we record our next (laughs) Damn Fine TV podcast. That's how I'm going to (laughs) intro. I love it. Man, I used to be the biggest, like, Backstreet Boys fan, and I try to, like... For some reason, now I'm like, oh, Backstreet Boys, yeah, yeah. But now I'm here to tell you, I'm just going to come right out with the confession. I was the biggest BSB fan that ever could be in my mind, I feel. I mean, you know when you call it BSB, you're a fan. (laughs) That's right. Right? Yeah. Oh, such a big fan. I feel like I had, I mean, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like I had a Backstreet Boys cassette tape. Oh, yeah. I had a cassette tape, and then CDs started to become, like, more mainstream. So then I got a couple of CDs. Yeah. But it definitely started on cassette tape. Then, yeah, like sure. Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys, all that. Like, TLC, oh, yeah. I think, even I had on cassette. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Throwback. That is a long-ass time ago. Oh, I always wanted to go to a Backstreet Boys concert, and I would just beg and beg and beg. But where I grew up, it was a very small town, and it was a long way away from, like, Atlanta or any of the big cities where they would tour at. And so (laughs) I finally got to see them when I was, like, 29 years old. Oh, so cool. Immediately, I was, like, 13-year-old Mel's again, right? Yeah. But the only difference is I was able to have, like, some beers. And I was like, yes, this is the perfect combination. (laughs) Yeah, then you really get into the dancing and so much fun. I know. Well, so I was lucky enough to see Spice Girls when I was a kid. But it was (gasps) after uh, Jerry had left. So it was just the four of them. But I think that's how most people saw them. Like, if you weren't in England, I don't think many people saw all five of them together. Because that was well, such a whirlwind that they had. Like, they were really only together for, like, three years. I know. It's true. And I'm going to tell you right now, I am super jelly because I always wanted to see Spice Girls, and I never got the opportunity because unlike the Backstreet Boys, they didn't really go back on, like, a national tour when I was, like, older, right? No, and so. I, I think they were supposed to, and I was like, am I about to spend, like, all of my life savings to see this <laughs> band again? <laughs> Exactly. But then, I would do it. Yeah, but then I'm not sure that they did. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I My mom was, I know she spent part of her life savings to just get us like uh, like lawn tickets way in the back. But it was, well, I'm going to say it was worth it. I don't know what there she thinks. Go. but <laughs> I'm sure it was worth it to see the joy on your face. Uh, I know yeah, it. I know, I know. What it, like One of the only things I remember is they started singing... Um, sisters are doing it for themselves that song and I was like oh mom it's a new single and she was just laughing at me and I didn't get it until I was older that like that was not Spice Girls (laughs) (laughs) that's okay at the age you were at you're like whoa I know drop the new content I know I was so excited (laughs) I love it oh my god 
But I, it's crazy. I've been so into, I was listening to this podcast called What's Your Sign, which is about astrology. And they mm-hmm. had this astrologer on and he was talking about how he's just been listening to Britney, Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys, TLC, like all the throwbacks. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to get into that. And that's pretty much been my summer playlist is like everything from the 90s. Very cool. I love it. Yeah, it's been fun. Robin, got a lot of Robin in there. Oh, man, I loved Robin, too. So much good music. Show me love. Okay. I'm not going to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I'm not going to really, like, bleed your ears with my singing abilities because they're not good. You could (laughs) never. Well, thank you. (laughs) Also, how have you been? Man, I've missed you. I've missed the show. I've missed talking about TV. What have you been no. up to? Well, I have to say the feeling is very mutual. I've missed you as well. <laughs> this little two-week break has felt like an eternity. Honestly, so. it's wild. Well, there's not been too much going on here because I have been in some serious, like, training, all-day training with a fellow from Australia in my money job. So um, that's been taking up a lot of my time. So I was very pleased with myself that I did get in the TV that I did get in Yeah. Um, during all of this because also with a four-year-old, you know, it's like once you're done with training and you have a four-year-old, then you have to watch things like Bluey or, you know, something that's <laughs> made for kids, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're all caught up on that then. I'm all caught up on Bluey, so man, what a show. (laughs) How about you? How was your staycation? You know, like it was a little hit and miss. It it kicked off with Tyler's birthday, which was great. We had a couple of my friends. We had just, we have like two couple friends that we've kind of bubbled with recently Mm -hmm. because they just like... We just started hanging out and we were still doing a distancing thing. Like I'm lucky to have a backyard that's big enough where we could all kind of have our own areas. But after a couple of drinks one night, we just kept getting closer in the circle and we're like, all right, we've bubbled, you know, and we trust each other and we're all taking the same precautions outside of our bubble. So it's all good. But uh, two of my friends or two of our friends, they decorated our backyard like they put up string lights, they put up a banner, they rented a speaker, they set up like food tables. And I took Tyler out and we like we took the dog out for a long walk and I made him do like very strange errands just to like keep him out of the house <laughs> for a couple hours. And then so it was like a surprise when we came back and there was all this lovely stuff in our backyard. And so that was a nice surprise party for him. And we found this like free fire pit one day when we were out walking the dog. And we were just like, all right, let's bring it home and see how it works. And we just happened to have these cinder blocks. So we set up a fire pit. And so that was really cool. Yeah, our backyard is like finally feeling like a backyard, you know, so many, like every other year in the summer, we'll just go away to a cottage a couple of times or we'll go camping or whatever. So we've never Mm -hmm. paid too much attention to our backyard, but this year we're like, well, we better make it fun and livable. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, happy belated birthday, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so that was great. Like it kicked off really nicely, but then we had some rain for a bit. So I couldn't really enjoy the backyard and, 
I mean, that's when I got my TV in, though. So, you know, pros and cons, right? But, um, yeah. But yeah. And then Tyler had this past week off. So that was nice. We, um, we did a couple of day trips just to places where you could do stuff mostly outside. Um, Mm -hmm. we went to like a couple of outdoor wineries and some farmer's markets and stuff like that. And then yesterday we found this like last minute canoe rental and we went up to, it's called the Kawartha's and it's just, Uh we just went out on a big lake, like where cottages are and stuff. And we definitely overdid it. We're both feeling a little like lobsters today, but, uh, it was worth it. We had a great time (laughs) out on the water, so... (laughs) <laughs> well, that sounds amazing. It stinks about the rain, but, yeah. you know, there's always going to be that. Now, I'm out in the desert, so if we do get rain, it's like a really big deal. It's like, whoa, it's raining. It only rains like, I don't know, I want to say like a week out of the year oh, max wow. <laughs> here. So, yeah, and it's actually sprinkled a little bit yesterday, and we were like, oh, no, it's raining. Like, it's oh, been no. so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was literally just sprinkling. And I was like, oh, gosh, it's rain. It's a downpour. (laughs) Yeah. Scott was like, wow, it's a sprinkle. And I was like, I got to go inside. (laughs) Well, for us, I mean, it was good that we actually did get the rain. It wasn't great for me, you know, just a personal sort of selfish thing. But it was great for everything else. Like the lawn is so... It's mostly a dirt patch at this point because we've had such a hot, dry summer. So it was good that we got the rain. But I don't know. Whatever. That's right. You know what? The rain was good. It served its purpose. Exactly. Yeah. And then, I mean, we've been back to not really a drought, but since then there hasn't been much rain. So everything's looking a little, a little haphazard again, but is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys must have to grow, like, how do your, do you guys have a lawn or did you, you planted like a particular kind of grass or something, didn't you? Well, we went with a pet turf is what we have for yeah. quote unquote grass. So it's not real grass. We don't we do water it, but it's mainly to like wash off because it's for the it's the pet area. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but what we've done is we've done a lot of like rocks and then desert type plants and flowers. So nice. the plants and flowers that thrive like in the heat. And a lot of things that will, like, come out in the fall when it gets a little cooler. So I'm excited for that. Um, So that's what we did as far as landscaping goes. There's not any real grass, which I do kind of miss the feeling of real grass on my feet sometimes. Yeah. But the pet turf has really served its purpose. It's multifunctional. James has his little... uh, He has his little house out there on the pet turf. So So it's still... Yeah, it still serves a purpose like it was real grass. Yeah. Well, you got to do what you got to do in that kind of climate, right? So. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I know. I'm starting to think we should plant something that's better for that because we also have like this huge tree in the back that's kind of split between our neighbors and our backyard, but it sucks everything up. So like. We can't plant anything in the ground because it'll just die. Like there's no, it it gets no nutrients because the tree just takes everything. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing here. We don't have like big trees. Now we planted a couple of like smaller trees in the yard, but they're not big, massive trees. You just don't see those, you know, out here in the desert. Yeah. Which is odd coming from the East Coast where the big pine trees and you see lots of greenery all the time, Much you know, different. so it's, yeah. it's a big change. 
However, I have to say I've grown to love desert plants and desert uh, grasses and things like that. It's very whimsical to me. Ooh, love it. Yeah. So I've, I've really come to appreciate a succulent. Yes. And things like that. <laughs> Oh man, I love a good succulent. It's hard to do. I mean, we keep them indoors mostly and we've got some plant lights inside that we can give them some extra light. But whenever I get one to actually continue growing and thrive, they're so nice. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I have a couple inside, but that's what we planted outside were like some succulent type, you know, bigger plants. Yeah, I love that look. Yeah. So nice. Love that journey for you. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, we can dive into that. So I guess I should say, like, listeners, we are just trying something new out this week because I texted Mills yesterday and I was like, I still have vacation brain. I don't know what to talk about. Like, I did get some TV in, you know, on those rainy days and whatever. But I was like, let's just kind of shoot the shit for a bit and see where it goes. So who knows? Maybe that'll be our new format. Haven't decided I love yet. it. Yeah. I mean, I like it. <laughs> but uh, so you recently watched the final season uh, of Schitt's Creek. Yes. So I didn't get to watch the final season in real time because I don't. The service that we have out here, it does not have pop. Right. So was not able to watch it in real time. And I recently went on because the TV, I mean, because of COVID and everything that's going on, you know, there's just not a lot of brand new TV that's coming out. So I told myself, what can I use to cleanse this training palette? (laughs) (laughs) And immediately I thought of Schitt's Creek. So I went on a whole complete binge of the first few seasons, you know, again. And then I was like, Started Googling and doing some research, and I was like, oh, no, it's not going to be on Netflix until October. And I was like, this is unacceptable. I cannot wait that long. So I went on to Amazon, and I actually bought the sixth season, which I'm glad I did because now I have it forever. Yeah. And, um, man, loved, loved, loved that journey that that whole family took. The ending was amazing. The last season was perfect. It just, now I cried, I laughed, I Mm -hmm. cry laughed, you know, (laughs) it was so bittersweet, but, and I think you and I talked about it, like we would want more, like there's so much more that could have been done, but I feel like it ended just perfectly, you know? Absolutely. I feel like it ended on a really sort of understated note. Like there was no big, I don't know, like so many shows might've ended with like a last minute run to the airport, you know, like by Alexis or something going off to see Ted or uh, the, the little sort of wedding day stuff that happened with David and Patrick could have been so overly dramatic, but it was really just another episode of the show. And I think that fits so perfectly for the kind of show Mm -hmm. that it was. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I just, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, don't tear up. I know. (laughs) It's such a hard show to say goodbye to because they really rooted everything in those characters. I mean, I just, you came to know them so well and love them and they're all so individual and unique and just the best. One good thing about this show though, and there are plenty of shows that are like this, but I 
feel like there's some sort of special connection that I have to the show, and it's really hard to explain, but it's so bingeable. Yeah. It's so easy to rewatch, and it's 30-minute episodes, so it's real easy to rewatch, like, even from the very first episode on. And I just love and appreciate that about that show. So thank you, creators of the show. (laughs) Yes, and you, well, you highlighted one of the creators of the show on our Instagram recently, Dan Levy. Yes, I love that guy so much. Uh, Oh my gosh. uh, Love him so much. I mean, I feel the connection to the show because, I mean, it's Canadian and- We don't produce that much great stuff. I mean, we're getting there. We're, you know, we stuff like this and Orphan Black and a couple of other shows have like really helped, uh, I don't know, strengthen the brand of Canadian television. But (laughs) I just feel so like, I don't know, I just love that that show's Canadian. It makes me feel a little bit of pride in the creation that we've got going on Mm -hmm. up here. And I mean, so Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, I mean, I've been watching them since I was a kid when Mm -hmm. they were on this show called SDTV, which is kind of like an SNL, but it's just Canadian. So I've, and I never knew, I could never remember his name, but I always knew him as like the eyebrow guy. And uh, of course, like Catherine O'Hara is from Home Alone. And one of my favorite moments of life was when I, I can't remember what we were, what episode it was, but something happened where like Moira alluded to something that could have been connected to Home Alone. And I was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. I love that they did that. And Tyler was like, wait, what? That's, is that Kevin's mom? And I was like, yeah, that's Kevin's yeah. mom. But she's like so different as Moira that I could totally understand. Somebody who doesn't really know actors and stuff wouldn't like put those two things together. So that was great. Well, I love them. I love Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara too from their movies like the Christopher Guest movies. Oh, they've done so much together. Yeah. Yeah. And so Scott and I really love that humor that is in like Best in Show, mm-hmm. right? Thank you for your consideration, I think is another one. And so when I watch, you know, Shit's Creek, I think that's why I love it so much too, is because the humor. Either you're going to get it or you're not. And that's what I like about it. It's not like overly funny. And I'm going to, I'm going to do a comparison here and and they're different shows, but they're both comedy shows. So when you think about the office, yeah, there's a lot of like, just in your face, you get it. Funny jokes, right? right? Like, and funny moments and, and everything. And not that the office is not as endearing as Schitt's Creek. But I love the humor on Schitt's Creek because it's so wacky. It is so different. Like, I don't think there's a show that has that same kind of humor or that's doing it in the same or or that's as successful with it, maybe I should say. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And of course, I would not be me if I didn't say that I also love Catherine O'Hara from Beetlejuice. Mm, I know. And this this character, (laughs) like Moira is similar, but still very unique. Like it's there's that eccentricity there but it's different yeah yeah exactly oh man I know I love it it's such a great show for characters it took me the first time I watched like the pilot of Schitt's Creek I couldn't get into it because of Roland like he just 
grated on me and I just <laughs> couldn't get past it. And I could see like it was objectively funny. I mean, at least in my opinion, but maybe that's subjectively funny then. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I could tell that like I got the humor and stuff, but that character was so annoying to me. But then mm-hmm. Tyler started watching and he's like, yeah, just get into it, though, because he'll be a little bit more in the background as you move through. And it's not like he becomes a, a fully background character or anything, but he doesn't take center stage as much as he was in those first few episodes. But I'm glad I pushed through. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you on that. Like I years ago when I first started to watch, uh, you know, Shit's Creek, I've kind of felt the same way. I was like, okay, first couple of episodes, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get this, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. But then I pushed myself, I pushed myself, I made myself stop. I took a break. I was like, okay, stop <laughs> this. <laughs> because you're in a one, like, one state of mind right now about this show. And I picked it back up. And then I was like, okay, powered through I would say even maybe at sometimes the first season right like just because it's a lot of character development oh yeah and so you do see a lot of like Roland you know and some of those other characters where you're like really I just want to focus on the roses (laughs) I know yeah same um and then I and I think that's why it holds such a special place in my heart because once you stick with it and you grow real love for these characters, then, you know, when you get to the end, you have these feelings of bittersweetness. Oh, yeah, big time. And then once you've seen it through, I mean, so recently we've been rewatching it as well. And going back to those beginning episodes, like Roland still gets on my nerves, but it's nowhere near what it was that first time through because I know how, like, his character kind of goes and – I can think about yeah. all the times that he's actually made me laugh. Like we the we saw the episode I think just a couple days ago where uh, Stevie and David get that rash and they think it's the cream from David's store, <laughs> uh, but it's from the poison oak. And like I forget how they get to it, but Roland is eventually like, uh, "Excuse me if I'm wrong, Johnny, but I don't think poison oak is that expensive." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was a great episode, actually. So good. And then uh, more recently, we saw the one where Alexis auditions for Cabaret. Yes. Good God. I'm a little bit tipsy when I drive my car. When I drive my car. Yes. (laughs) I'm a little bit la, 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 la. I don't know how Alexis. they made it through that. Like, there must be so many bloopers because that is the most ridiculous song Yes. You know, one thing I do like to do is I like to look up the blooper reels on YouTube for this show. And it just cracks me up so much. But I don't. And that's why I say, like, a lot of people might watch that and be like, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't, you know, really get that. But for me, it was a, a literal laugh out loud, hilarious moment. And I keep thinking to myself, how do they film this and keep it together? I know it. uh just so good. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's tons of bloopers where they couldn't make it through, but always so much fun to watch those. We've actually been watching a lot of them from The Office recently. Those are good ones. Oh, those are good. Yeah, yeah. those are good ones too. Yeah. Um, oh, I had one more thing to say about Schitt's Creek. I can't remember now. I don't know. I I just love that sort of the last season had a lot to do with David and Patrick. I think that that's great that one of the central things to this show was that relationship. 
I agree. Simply the best. Oh, yeah. But when, okay, it's so cute when Patrick sings that to him for the first time. But then when David does his little lip sync routine, yes. it's so awkward. <laughs> it's so awkward, but I love it. I love the fact that it's like, okay, Patrick is going to like sing it with his, you know, acoustic with his guitar and everything. And then David's just like, I'm just going to press play on this CD player and I'm just going to lip sync it for you. You know, it fits so well with each of their characters, right? Like, there's no way oh. David was going to sing that song with a, an acoustic guitar. Like, that would not make no, any exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And then, of course, at the wedding when the jazz gals um, oh. do it a cappella, I'm like, oh, God. I'm going to cry. I, I know. I it's so perfect. <laughs> it was so perfect. It was so perfect. But yeah, oh my God, this show has so much rewatchability. You know, like yeah. it's just, you could just put it on at any time. It's become one of those, it's become like the office for us, you know, or yeah. it's always sunny. Yeah. Just a show you can pop on in the background and you can kind of tune in and tune out and hear all those jokes again. And yeah. Love it. Yes. So good. Uh, so what else have you been watching? I mean, I guess we've both seen Umbrella Academy season Uh, two. Yes, Umbrella Academy, my favorite. Well, so I know when we were first texting about it, because actually I feel like we watched the Instagram live uh, with the guys over at the Center Cut. And then I think you and I were texting about it afterwards and you had only made it maybe a couple episodes in. Mm -hmm. And you were, you weren't really feeling it I think no I know and oh I'm almost ashamed to admit this but again this is this is full confessional day for Mel's okay (laughs) I was a little put off by another doomsday type plot Right. right um and I think that's that's why the first couple of episodes I was like so we've got to thwart another end of the world situation and I was like you know it is very much the same setup as season one yes and I was like we did that so well in season one that I was thinking for something different but I mean as I kept watching I was like okay actually I like the way that they're going with this and spoilers I guess we can go ahead and say if that wasn't evident enough but With it being Vanya yet again, but I, I like Vanya and I think that's a hot controversial take. <laughs> well, I really like how you, how you said, I like Vanya because <laughs> now it's super obvious that I do not like Vanya. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not alone because my work partner, I was talking to him about Umbrella Academy. He, we, he was finishing it up the same time I was. And he was like, I love Ellen Page. He was like, but I don't dig Vanya. And I was yeah. like, am I the only person on this planet that likes Vanya? How could this be? I don't think so. I'm sure there's lots of Vanya stands out there. I think Tyler likes her character. I just... Same thing. I really like Ellen Page. I've loved most of what she's been in. She's Canadian. Hello. Um, But yeah, there's just something about Vanya. I don't know if it's that they just don't give her the anything interesting to work with. Like usually Mm. I don't really like the Vanya storyline. I don't know. Like both years I haven't liked the people like the, you know, the big, uh, the other characters that they've kind of set her up with, like the guy from season one and now the mother in season two. Eh, I don't know. 
Well, I think because I was talking this out, right, to myself, and I was like, well, what is it about Vanya? And I think that I feel empathy for the character, and I think that that probably is what shadows a lot of my opinion, if that makes sense. So, because I sit there and think, you know, she grew up in, you know, this house with these brothers and sisters, and the dad really doted on them and played up their superpowers, and he always kept her under wraps, which we all know why, because she's basically, I mean... She's the most powerful one, yeah. right? Yeah, and she's kind of just like a ticking time bomb, really. Exactly. And so and hence why she created two doomsdays, really, yep. but um but not by her fault though. You know, it's like I feel like if she was if you if they had tried to develop her and teach her how to control those emotions because even in season two when she couldn't remember anything that happened and she was the only one conveniently that didn't remember of course yeah anything that happened and I was like so now we've got to rebuild her but she's going to end up in the same situation because she's going to find out she has these powers that are like massive yeah Right? So I I think my empathy for her probably lends a lot to why I care so much about her. Now, I think that makes sense. Is she my all-time favorite character? No, but I like her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we might have we might have a problem if it was your favorite character cuz then I'd, <laughs> okay, I'd be right. side-eyeing you a little bit like, really? <laughs> Out of all like, these people. Come on now. <laughs> like that's what you're taking from this? Come on now. <laughs> Well, so, okay, so, I mean, you were having some issues with it at the beginning, which I totally get. The whole, like, I mean, I guess that's maybe just going to be the shtick, though, right? Every season is going to come with, it's kind of like Buffy. Like, almost every season there was an apocalypse to avoid or some kind of big doomsday event that they had to, like, plan and prepare for and avoid, right? Right. Uh, Or prevent, whatever. Um I guess this time it was different because they got to go back to the 60s and deal with some other issues because, you know, the past kind of sucks for most people. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I don't know. But like so the, the other thing that really irritated me from the beginning was the whole like JFK thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. so overdone. And mm-hmm. I was listening to talking about the center cut again. I was listening. I just got into their review of, uh, well, just the first episode and the last episode of season two. And they were talking about, yeah, like I've seen 112263. I'm good on the JFK plot, right? And I was like, yes, that's what I was feeling the whole time. I'm shaking. I'm nodding my head. Like I'm nodding, <laughs> nodding because immediately I was like, okay, I'm getting 112263 vibes, right? Yeah. And I've read that. I've seen the Hulu adaptation, which was really done very well in my yeah, opinion. I liked it too. And I was like, you know, I've seen it. And I think also some of my disappointment in the beginning was so – this is going to be centered around something that happens with like, let me see if I can explain this right. Because what ends up happening is, is Vanya is being tortured and that's how, you know, the powers get out of control and 
that's how the assassination gets thwarted. But I was thinking, I, I, that was not in my mind, obviously. I didn't know that, that was going to happen. So I was thinking, oh, they're going to work together and somehow thwart the assassination, which is going to cause this doomsday. And I was like, and I don't even really know if I want to see that again, you know? Yeah, yeah. What I did like that came out of it, though, was how it connected back with season one and how five originally came back to the group. Mm -hmm. I know some people don't like that kind of stuff, like the time loop or the time, I don't know, it's not really a time paradox at all, but just stuff that plays with time in that way and like connects storylines in that sense. But I really like that stuff. I am a sucker for when that happens in any show. So I really liked that. And I actually didn't clue into it at first until like... I don't know, like way too long into that scene. Like it took me far too long to be like, oh shit. <laughs> no, same here. Well, and <laughs> and I was sitting here calling myself like number one Umbrella Academy fan. I remember <laughs> everything from season one. I know everything that's going on, you know, very, very egotistical of me. And I did the same thing though. I was like, huh, okay, okay. And then when it hit me and it dawned on me, I was like, oh, we're, hello. Right. Where when the light switch comes on, you're like, wow. Yeah. I, I was like, see. huh, this looks so familiar. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. And speaking of five, I think he has become my favorite character this time around. Like, I love. Klaus, but he's so easy to love, you know, like Mm -hmm. I, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like Robert Sheehan is great. I love him in everything, but something about five this time around. And actually when we finished season two, I was like, all right, I'm going back and I'm watching season one and watching it through like that fresh set of eyes after seeing everything that's out there. I think I actually really like five in season one as well. Like that kid is great. And he, like, I went to the IMDb or whatever, he is a lot younger than the rest of that cast. So he, I mean, I can only picture myself at that age. Like, I think he was 14 in season one or something, and now he's, like, 16. So Mm -hmm. coming into a cast that's much older than you, you've got somebody like Ellen Page who's done work with, like, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, Mm. that feels intimidating, and I think he is just amazing. Yeah, I agree. I love five. Now, five is is easily, I think, oh, this is this is gonna be controversial. <laughs> I think he might be my favorite. Yeah, fair. And I think after season two, he took over because Klaus was my favorite. Klaus yeah. was my favorite from the first season. I was really into him. I love him. He's easy on the eyes. You know, I, I wouldn't be me mm-hmm. if I didn't mention that. Um, And I loved his storyline. I loved, you know, that he was, well, I shouldn't say that I loved that he was battling demons, but I found it fascinating, right? That he was battling a lot of internal stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that's, he was using to try to, not have his powers, you know, that whole thing. I was super fascinated by that. But then when we got into season two, I was like, okay, he's a cult leader. Okay. I could, and I definitely see him as a cult leader though. And an yeah. accidental cult leader. Like that yeah, for sure. I mean, Klaus screams accidental cult leader. <laughs> but if you really like a five was the star of season two, I think so, in my yeah. opinion. So I think that's why he took over as like, okay, now he's my favorite. And I have to also say that 
I felt like Luther became sort of a like comedic relief in season two. Did you feel that way at all? Yeah, or? Luther's the big one, right? Like Luther's one, yes, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I was never overly into his character. There was something about the way he always was pining for Allison that just like really got on my nerves. Like yeah. I, I was like, I get it. It's, it's that, it's that love story, and I, I get that. That's where the writers and and this story need you to go. But I don't know, man. It's so one note. Like, do something else, and just yeah. the whole holier than thou thing. And but I agree. I think him and uh, Diego almost kind of switched a little bit. Although I still am not a super fan of Diego or anything, but I feel like he yeah. was. He like I felt like I got more laughs from him in season one, and then more laughs from Luther in season two. Yeah, exactly. And I wasn't really expecting that, to be honest. I wasn't no. expecting that big switch up for me because I was like, okay, here, here we go with real serious Luther, you know, and all yeah. of his baggage. But really, he had he delivered some of the funnier, you know, moments of the season as well. So yeah, I would agree. Um, how did you feel about? the sort of new relationships. Like I kind of already mentioned that I wasn't digging. Um, I can't even remember her name. Was it Sissy? The woman that Vanya Sissy. ended up with. I didn't feel any chemistry between them, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, Allison and her husband, from the minute that they were introduced, I just kind of got the sense like I, I could feel their, I mean, albeit brief history. It was only like a year that they'd been married, but I felt it. Whereas with yeah. them, with Vanya, I didn't feel anything. And it felt like their romantic uh, part of that story was really rushed. Yes, I agree with that. And I think I I just, I like Vanya. Okay, mm-hmm. I've made mm-hmm. that clear. <laughs> but I did not really care for her storyline in this season. Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's really hard to explain, but I, like you said, I wasn't into her budding relationship with, you know, Sissy. It didn't feel like they set it up right. No. You know, and because there was Vanya and she's been with them and she's the nanny for Harlan and she doesn't know who she is and she's searching the, you know, missing pages of the newspaper if you have all that going on, I don't know. It just and then let's throw in a budding relationship, and there, there, like you said, there was no chemistry. It didn't. Mm-hmm. It felt forced, yeah. you know. Yeah, like I just didn't feel. Yeah, I just didn't feel invested at all, and I didn't buy mm-hmm. it. Like it just wasn't believable. And yeah. I feel like I've also seen that storyline. And listen, I am here for women realizing that they want to be with another woman and leaving their shitty husbands. Let's have more of those storylines. But for real, I feel like I've seen something similar to this where it's like in the past. And so, you know, I mean, not that things are, you know, that great for the LGBTQ community now, but it certainly is better than it was in the 60s. And so I just just feel like I've seen that like hidden lesbian love storyline before and this one wasn't any better or like any it didn't bring anything to the table yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah. but the stuff with Allison I mean I guess we could say a lot of similar stuff like I think we've seen other narratives about 
people of color in the past and specifically black people and like the terrible treatment uh, by white people, by our fellow mm-hmm. white people. The past was so yeah. shitty. Um, but there, w- I don't know if it's the actress that is just getting better material. Maybe it was the relationship that she had with the husband character that just made it more believable and more worthy of investment. But I think that actually, and maybe it's because it also felt I was like, damn, this is this feels really relevant. I mean, I guess it's going yeah. to feel relevant for probably, unfortunately, a long time. But it just, it popped, and the other storyline did not. Yep. I, you literally took the words out of my mouth. I mean, <laughs> no, really. Like, I, I agree with all of that. And I maybe it is a lot of she was given more to work with just – it just didn't, it didn't work for Vanya for me. I, you know, and I hate to say that, but yeah. it, it just fell really flat. Yeah. Agreed. Um, who else? It was Diego's love interest. Her name was Lila. Yes. Lila. I, I thought she was a great antagonist. I loved it. I loved it. And I was really surprised by the twist there. I didn't see that coming at all. No, not at all. I, I kind of got the sense that there was something off about the story that she told about her parents, but I didn't Mm -hmm. see it playing out like that. Not at all. Like with the handler being her mother and whatever, but um, that was fine. I've I've been like over her character for a while. She dies in the end, right? Yes. Okay. I've been... I was over the handler last season, to be honest with you. Yeah. So when she she popped back up, I was like, well. She's like a little, I mean, I love, first of all, I love whenever women get to play villains. That's great. But she was a little like mustache twirly. Like it was a bit too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very snidely whiplash. Is that his name? What's that? Wasn't his name snidely whiplash? Wait, from what? uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. something like that. <laughs> but that's what it is. Sorry, like, I just didn't expect a Rocky and Bullwinkle, like, <laughs> reference. This is what I'm here for. This is what I'm here for, those deep cuts, oh right? Oh, my God. I used to love that show. Oh, I did, too. Holy but moly. Boris and Natasha, the best. Yes, yes. But that's what it that's what she yeah. made me feel like, yeah. you know, like you said, the mu- mustache twirly, like, hmm, yeah. villain, you know, yeah. and, and her plans are never that great. Like, no, they're not. I mean, they're fine and they work. The thing about, I think, Umbrella Academy in general, I mean, I haven't read, it's a graphic novel, right? Yes, it is. Okay, so I haven't read any of the source material, so I don't know if they're following similar storylines or what they're doing, but the show definitely has, like, a shtick. It has its thing. It has its doomsday, apocalypse, like, superhero kind of thing, and, like, it all works really well within that, but there's still some stuff that's kind of like, all right, this is a little cheesy. Like, this is, Mm -hmm. it's a little too much. We can dial it back a bit, but... I think, I don't know. I I wonder if they did dial it back, would it feel like it was taking itself too seriously and then it wouldn't really fit within the genre very well? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Those are valid points. So. I have not read the graphic novel either. I don't know. I don't know if there's more than one. I just know that it's based on a graphic novel. um, Right. So I couldn't tell you. And it's by like, um, 
Somebody oh. from My Chemical Romance, Yeah, that's right? what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember during season one, one of my friends told me that, and I think he's into that band or something, so he was really excited to see, and, like, he had read it and it was excited to see it come to life, and I was just like, wait, really, though? Like, for real? Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> like, I get that people have different interests and different talents. It's just not at all what I saw coming, you know? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, who haven't we talked about? I mean, well, anything else from the story? Yeah, we haven't talked about Ben. Oh, so sad. And he I had know. like, I mean, that Backstreet Boys reference. First of all, all of Klaus's like words of wisdom <laughs> being music from the future was just um, chef's kiss. Beautiful. Loved it so I much. It. I mean, he dropped some TLC at one point. It was just <laughs> so good. And then Ben, when he was able to inhabit Klaus, just came back with that Backstreet Boys line. That was genius. But I love it. Oh, his arc was so sad by the end. It was sad. I've got. Okay, I've got some chili bumps. Yep, I'm such a nerd. Yep. Oh my god. I've got some chili bumps over it. It was sad, but it was also okay, I'm gonna do another I don't know if this is a controversial take because I haven't actually had time to read a lot of like feedback on season yeah. two yet. Yeah, neither have I. I thought he had a perfect where he's like, I don't I really don't belong here. Like right. I'm you know, I'm no longer with y'all. You know, like when he had that whole exchange with Vanya, which I found so touching. And he was like, can you hug me while I go? Oh, oh my gosh. It was so good. Oh, and she was like, no, I did this. I can't, like, I'm not going to let you go. And he's like, I'm not here. You yeah. know, like, I'm not really here with y'all anymore. I've always found it sad that he died very young anyway, you know. But he had this beautiful arc, like we talked about. But then the very last scene of this season, where they get put back into 2019 timeline and real Ben's there. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I, you know, I don't know what season three is going to hold and when we're going to get it or anything like that. But I was kind of like, really? We just had this very, in my opinion, satisfying end to yeah. Ben. Like, he sacrificed himself to save the world this yeah. time, you know? And now Ben's back, even though I think he's going to be a shithead, so. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's going to be different enough because it seems like whatever, maybe whatever they did in the past or, like, I mean, now both in the future and in the past, it feels like they've messed around with the timeline enough that this Ben is going to be different. At least I hope. Um, because yeah, otherwise it does feel like a kind of a, I don't know, gotcha. Like you thought he was dead and now he's not. And like, you made us feel all these feels and I don't know, but, uh, I like it for the fact that the actor won't be off the show. Like I want to see more of him. So yeah, I love him. So I, I was, I was glad to see that, but then I was like, well, everything that I felt for Ben, like this whole like emotional roller coaster I went on with him finally going to the light. Yeah. That was such back. a beautiful monologue though. It was. It really was. And like I when just, he was like 
I was too scared to go, like, yeah. tell class, you know, tell class I was too scared to go. Oh, my gosh, I can't. Ugh. And the fact that, I mean, he really has spent the last, what was it, 17 years just with Klaus. Like, that's really been, I, I mean, he's been able to see other people. He had that, like, really nice day of being able to inhabit Klaus's body. But really, his only relationship has been with Klaus. And there was something really gut-punching about the fact that he didn't get to say goodbye to him. You know, yeah. that his final final bits of sort of afterlife or life or whatever were with Vanya, which is fine, but it's just, there's something really emotionally affecting about that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Because then it's like Klaus doesn't, well, you know, and for Klaus as well, he doesn't get to say goodbye to him, even though he tries to act like Ben's so annoying and, oh, he hates when he's around. I mean, that's been his sidekick for this whole time, you know, like, yeah. And even when he's not down, he doesn't hate it. Exactly. Like, even when he's not with his other brothers and sisters, you know, he's always with Ben. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, man. So good. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so yesterday when I was out on the canoe, there was one point where we just, we kind of just not really docked ourselves, but we just kind of let ourselves go with the current in the middle of the lake. And I just laid back and put my feet in the water and I was getting real like Klaus vibes of him sitting in that pool. <laughs> it wasn't as luxurious for sure, but I was like, oh yeah, I get Klaus. I could, I could dig this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could all be a little more Klausy maybe. <laughs> oh, I think so. He's just so, uh, he just... I do admire people and characters like that that just go with the flow at every single moment of life. Yeah, for sure. There's no future thinking. There's no worrying about the past. It's just, yep, living life. This sounds like a good idea for today and let me go do it. Exactly. We could all be more like that. I I know I could be more like that. Yeah. Actually, so one last question about Klaus what did you think of him confronting uh, the guy that he had that relationship with in the war? Oh, well, I've always told you about, you know, when you try to mess with timelines, which, you know, we've seen enough of that here. But that was an emotional scene for me. I mean, you know, and I felt really bad for Klaus because it I don't know what he went in expecting. Yeah. Because... David, I think, was his name. Is that right? Maybe. Hmm. I want to say it was David, and I'm going to go with that. So if sure. I'm wrong, please correct me. <laughs> but, like, I don't think David realized, or, well, not realized, but he didn't accept who he was until much later, yeah. obviously, yeah. in his life. So when you come in and you try to throw all this stuff on someone and they're sitting in front of a family member that they're obviously, like, not comfortable being who they are in front of, it just, it's a recipe for disaster. I don't know how else it could have gone for him, you know? I know. And I, like, as much as I love Klaus, I just kept thinking, you're just messing with things. You have to stop. Like, this isn't. You gotta quit. I don't know that this is gonna help, you know, your your dude David or whatever his name is. Like, I, uh, it just, it was, it was a whole sticky situation that I, it made me uncomfortable, but maybe that was the point. Because you're like, what the hell? I don't know. But, and yeah. I don't know if this show is dealing, like, I don't think we know enough about the way that time works in this show, uh, apart from the fact that that scene in, in the very first episode of season one kind of connects with the scene that comes late in season two, right? With five traveling mm-hmm. back through that 
time portal kind of thingy. But I don't right. know if if um, Klaus and quote unquote David, maybe that's his name, uh, their yeah. relationship, <laughs> like does that happen because – Klaus kind of pushed this guy into going to the war. Did that happen afterwards? Like, do you know what I'm saying there? Like, like, is yeah. there a time loop there? So I don't know. I don't know if that was always meant to happen. Anyway. Well, true, because even him, tr- Klaus trying to prevent him from going, he still, like, it didn't change anything. He still went. Right. It almost and pushed he still, him into going. So Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, no matter what, I mean, certain things are going to happen the way they're going to happen. You can't, you can't go back and, and fix everything, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can thwart the apocalypse, but other than that. <laughs> but you cannot stop someone from going into war. No, okay? no, that's two small potatoes. All you can do is save yeah. the world, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was such a fun season. I think I enjoyed it more than season one, to be honest. And I don't I don't really know why. Like, I can't really put my finger on it. I, I've gone back and watched the first maybe three or four episodes of season one. And I do enjoy it, I think, more now having seen everything. But there's just something, I guess, I, I guess I'm also kind of a sucker for everybody getting split up and having to find their way back to each other. Although that happens mm. relatively quickly. But um, I don't know. And as much as I grew to love Hazel in the first season, I didn't love that part of the storyline either. I don't know if it right. was, uh, that was Mary J. Blige, right? Like, I don't know if it was yes. her that didn't really cut it for me, but eh, whatever. Yeah. Poor Hazel. Man, the music in this show, though, I feel like we should talk about that, too. There, it, it like, borders going overboard at some points, but it's such a great soundtrack that I almost don't care. Yeah, I agree. I loved, so in season one, I loved the uh, Tiffany when it zoomed out of the house and everybody was in their own rooms dancing. I loved that scene. That was like one of my favorites. Now from this season, I absolutely loved the beauty shop uh, sequence when they're all, you know, Klaus and Vanya and Allison are in the beauty shop. yeah. And they sing, and and they're under the hair dryer and everything. I was like, okay, so this is season two's, you know, yes. this is how I equated in my mind. This is my season one Tiffany moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was such a fun scene, and I liked it being those three characters too. It exactly, was fun to it see wasn't them all of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Vanya finally got some like some joy. <laughs> fun thing. Yeah, no, bless it. And the other great one, I mean, we've already talked about the Backstreet Boys reference, but the way that that song then comes on in the background, and I think it's a fight scene. I can't remember exactly what's happening, but I remember thinking, holy shit, they use that song perfectly. Like, it could have been so cheesy and like an awkward throwback, but this worked really well. It did. I loved that, too. They had a lot of good fight songs, which I think is is also maybe their shtick as well, is they, they... they do a good job of putting good songs to the fight scenes. Yeah, they always work really well. Oh, man, what is the one uh, in, in season one where it's Hazel and, I don't remember her name, but Mary J. Blige, and they're in the uh, department store, and Five is there as well. I can't believe I can't oh, remember yeah. it, because it's like, I think it's one of like my favorite songs, honestly. I can't this, remember. I'm going to be no help, because I, I mean, I know what you're <laughs> talking about, but I have not watched season one in like, 
I, I mean, know. since and it I premiered. Just saw it. Oh my goodness. Uh, anyways, that's <laughs> another good one where like five is, you know, takes away. What does he take away? The arm or the leg of the mannequin? But uh, yes, yeah. he does. Uh, or Dolores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so good. I mean, like you said, who knows when we're going to get a season three, but yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. So anything else that you've been watching past two weeks? I mean, I guess it's been longer because we kind of, I can't believe how long ago we finished Twin Peaks already, like oh even before gosh. the wrap up. Don't even get me started because I'm still feeling the <laughs> the emptiness, the yeah. void in my life yeah. from Twin Peaks. Um. Really, that's the two things that I have been occupying myself with. Um, but I know that this is not TV, but it's film. I know that you watched Dr. Sleep. Yes, I did. And oh my goodness, it is so good. Like, Yay! I know that you have told me on several occasions it's your it's your favorite adaptation. I don't know if you mean mm-hmm. like, with all books, but I know you meant that for in terms of like Stephen King adaptations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I haven't read the book. I had been saving it because I've never fully read The Shining either. So I kind of wanted to read them in order and then go back and watch the films. But we've, we saw that Dr. Sleep was streaming and it was like one of the rainy days here. And I was like, whatever, let's just put it on. I'm so excited to see this because Mel's has talked it up so much and I totally <laughs> trust her opinion, like obviously. So, but man, like I loved it top to bottom. Like there was really nothing I, I didn't enjoy. And I like when it first got going, well, not the, I mean, oh my God, the opening stuff where they recreate the scenes. I was just like, Mm. I felt giddy. I was like, this is so fun. Like, I can't believe they're doing this. I'm so excited. (laughs) I know. I got chill bumps again, people. Yes. It, but And they did such a good job of it. Like, it didn't feel, I don't know. I think it could have been really bad, but it wasn't. And, but then, so when we get to, like, Danny's character as an adult, I was like, oh, is this just going to be, like, this dude dealing with his alcoholism, which is, like, not to put down people that are going through that, but we've seen that, you know? Like, I don't need another narrative like this. Like, I'm good on this. And then it wasn't. And it was, like, so the other direction that I was even more impressed. Like, I love the fact that they went in a different way with that. I don't know if that's in the book, but anyways. Yeah. Yeah. He sobers up in the book, and then it, it... Honestly, it followed the book pretty well. There's some things in the book that, and this is like in any book, honestly, there that would be very difficult to translate into film or TV into that medium. Yeah. But it did a really good job of following that. Now, the ending in the book is way, way different. That's um, so interesting because like, yeah. the ending of The Shining is so different. And yes. Stephen King has always hated that, right? Yes, and I think that he got some type of, uh, mm, let's see how I can put this. I think he got some type of redemption for The Shining. Okay, now, because of the way that I, they ended this one. He, because of the way that this one ended. Gotcha. It was like some type of big, okay, I finally got, you know, <laughs> yeah. my perspective in on how I feel about The Shining and then what we're going to do in Dr. Sleep to make that better. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But man, that, so 
I randomly one day got an email that said you've been selected to get a free um, advanced viewing of Dr. Sleep. Ooh. (laughs) No, I was like, the universe knew to throw this in my lap. Yeah. So I got to see it before it premiered, and then I went to see it with, because I'm in a Stephen King book club. So <laughs> should cool. Be no, should be no surprise. Um, but then we all went together as a book club. Obviously, this was back. You oh, know, pre, I love that. That's so cute. Yeah, it was pre-COVID, so, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I saw it a couple times, and then obviously I bought it when it came out on um, digital, and I've seen it ugh, countless times since then, because it <laughs> is, it is at least in my... Ugh, I love The Shining, and mm-hmm. I know that Stephen King hates it, but I love it. Me too. And it is different from the book, and but I, it doesn't bother me, right? Like it bothered him for whatever reasons right. that it bothered him. Yeah. Um. So I think The Shining is probably like, going to probably always be. It's between The Shining and Carrie for number one for me, but then Doctor Sleep. Wow. So that's a big feat because I was really nervous about Doctor Sleep. I was like, ooh. How are they going to do certain things in the book? And then when they actually rewrote it into a more cohesive plot for what they adapted for the film, I was like, I'm digging this. I love it. But man, when you told me that you loved it, I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I I can die happy. (laughs) So, so thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's been something that has stayed on my mind since I watched it just because I had so much just I got so much joy from watching it, which is weird to say about a horror film, but I think you get what I mean. But yeah. and it's funny now that I think about it that I said, oh, I don't want to watch this guy deal with his alcoholism because that's like a lot of what Jack Torrance goes through in The Shining. Well, exactly. But it yes. feels different. It just feels different in that because you're also dealing with like the supernatural stuff of the ghosts and and mm-hmm. whatever and like the like the place itself, right? So yes. Um, but yeah, I loved how, first of all, Kylie Curran, I think is her name, who played Abra, was yes. amazing. Mm-hmm. She was so much fun. Like, I enjoyed her more than Ewan McGregor, for sure. She was the star. Yeah, she was fantastic. I really liked the villain, like Rose. I, Rose, Rose the Hat. Yeah. Oh. I was like back and forth on her um, whole gang, like. Mostly they were fine. I think the actor that played Akichita in Westworld, I'm pretty sure he was one of them. Uh, The giant slash fireman also made an appearance, which was very cool. (laughs) Um, And they were fine. They, like, kind of reminded me a little bit of, like, the uh, from American Horror Story Freak Show. Yeah. Like just yeah. all of the crew at the at Elsa's freak show, whatever. But mm-hmm. uh but she was great. She was very unsettling. Right from that opening scene where we first meet her, I thought she was very intriguing. And for some reason, I didn't know, like, or I didn't like guess that they were even gonna go back to the overlook. So I was like, and I was still digging it. Like I was into the fact that we got to see some recreated scenes from that and that we were dealing with one of the characters and yada yada. And then when like the whole thing was gonna culminate there, I literally stood up and was like, fuck yes, let's do this. I was so (laughs) excited. And like Tyler was like, calm down. And I was just like, no, no, this is so exciting. And just as soon as they walked in, I was like, give me some elevator blood, baby. Give me that yes. elevator blood. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when they rolled up on it, 
and it's so dilapidated and oh, run down, right? So great. And he's like, you stay in the car. And he goes up to the house and he's like, wakey, wakey. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. Yes. Uh, two bumps again. Uh, right? but and then the he theater, walks past I was all screaming. of the things. Yeah, right? Like, how do you <laughs> not get excited for that? Oh. I was like, yes, yes. Wake the, wake the hotel up. Thank you. And it all looked like... I don't know. I'm assuming they had to recreate pretty much everything because The Shining is from so long ago. I'm pretty sure like different people are involved with the project. So maybe Mm -hmm. it's a different studio. I don't know. But I feel like they had to recreate a lot of it. But it all it all worked like nothing felt like, Oh, that's a little out of place or what? And I know they're professionals and like the people working on the set were obviously going to do their homework and stuff, but it was just very exciting to see it all come to life again. Yeah. Yeah. And just the the scene on the stairs in Jack's study and then like walking past the red rum on the door and Oh, so much good stuff. And then the scene where he, because the hotel obviously makes you go a little crazy, right? And Danny knew that that was going to happen, you know? And so the whole recreation of the him looking into the door, you know, and everything. Oh, it was amazing. And then going through the maze (laughs) again. And yeah, yeah, I just, I I loved everything about it, honestly. Like I I loved the idea of um, having to put the ghosts into like boxes in his Mm -hmm. mind. I I don't know everything all of the supernatural bits all of like the the mythology whatever like I just thought it was so well done it was just such an enjoyable film and it's one of the few films that you know I've ever said that we could talk about on this show yay I know I was so excited like, I was it's like this yes. and Twin Peaks and that's it <laughs> well I loved um Rose the Hat yeah is my all-time favorite Stephen King villain. Oh. Um, And when you read the book, I mean, a lot of it translates onto, you know, screen as well. But when you read the book and you get all of the, uh, like, all of Rose the Hat. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, yeah. So she's my all-time favorite Stephen King villain of time. I think she was great. I I enjoyed her so much. And that's why I'm saying, like, I didn't, I was so engrossed with that story that I didn't even think, oh, obviously we're going to go back to the Overlook. Like, I just wasn't even on that train of thought because I was enjoying her so much. Oh, man. Yeah. And just her and the Overlook and everything. It was so good. It was perfection. It's a really, really good movie. Like, I am so glad that we just watched it. Tyler still hasn't seen all of The Shining. Like, he's seen it while I'm watching it, but he'll be doing something else. So he kind of only knows, like, some of that more famous iconography from it, like the twins and the elevator bed and all that kind of stuff. So... I'm really excited. I've got both the books. I'm going to read them. We're going to watch the movies again. And I'm excited to go on that journey from like knowing what's in the book as well. I love that journey for you. I love that journey for us. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. I was excited to talk about it with you because we only text a little bit about it. And I was like, I... Really looking forward to hearing everything that you have. That I'm so excited you loved it. And like mm-hmm. that just makes my heart so full. It's just, and it's been a while since I've really, because you know me, I don't watch that many movies, but I will watch horror. And it's been a while since I've like thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed mm-hmm. a horror film. Like even one of the mo- more recent ones that I watched, I 
guess was it chapter two and that Mm -hmm. was fine like I had fun with it and Pennywise still scares the shit out of me but it just wasn't (laughs) it wasn't as rich as this film so no I agree with that and I I just had this thought in my mind I'm I'm like how you introduced me or how you brought me on and my love for Twin Peaks Mm -hmm. now how that makes your heart full this makes my heart full that you love Dr. Sleep so much because it it's easily, oh, just, and it's one of my favorite novels, too. Like, oh, cool. And I think that's why I was nervous at first, because I was course. like, okay, this is one of my all-time favorite novels. And, but when I knew Mike Flanagan was doing it. Oh, my God, did that's it, why it's so good. Yes. I remember and when his first, name came up at the ending. I'm see? sorry to interrupt you, but when his name came up as director, I was like, well, no fucking wonder. Exactly. Well, see, I... I saw Dr. Sleep, obviously, uh, at, before I watched Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, right, right. Okay. So, obviously, seeing something else that Mike Flanagan has done with Haunting of Hill House, right? I'm yeah. like, okay, this guy is like the real shit, right? He is amazing. Have you seen Hush? I think that's what it's called. I have not seen that. So, that's with... um. Well, it's his wife in real in in real life, but I can't I can't remember her name. But she plays, oh my god, why can't I think of her name? She plays the one in Haunting of Hill House that always wears the gloves. Oh, Theodora. Theodora, okay. thank you. Yes. So she wrote the script and he directed, and it's really good. I think they make a great team, and especially him. I love his direction. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So now, now we know why they did Doctor Sleep translated so well because yes. he had such an amazing director behind the helm. Well, and he's amazing at adaptation in general because so after well, yeah. I saw Haunting of Hill House, I went back to read the original book, and it is so much different. I mean, really, they took the bare bones of that book and created an entirely new world that just fits so beautifully into sort of the original beats of the story. So I'm really excited to see what he does with the next one, with The Haunting of Bly Manor, because I'd gone back to read that book, which was, oh my God, like books that were written like a hundred years ago or whatever are really hard to get into because of the language. Yeah. Um, But I'm excited to see what he does with that source material as well. I think that's where he's, I mean, I'm sure he can direct the shit out of anything, but I think he really excels with an adaptation. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Well, I mean, I did watch one other thing that's sort of worth mentioning. I don't know if you've seen, I don't know if it's popped up on your Netflix, but it's a show called The Rain. No, it it hasn't popped up on my Netflix. So it's a Danish series, but it, um, it, I'm fairly certain that all of the original actors did the dubbing in English. So it actually sounds pretty good. And I've always just watched it with the dubbing because that was, I think that's just how it first came on when I hit play on like the pilot. And so I just kept watching it like that. Um, But it is basically like, uh, it's an apocalyptic kind of show. It's sci-fi. It's basically, there was one day this rain started to fall and it was, it, it like if you got caught in the rain, you would get some kind of virus and pretty much immediately die. 
Oh. So it's kind of about, it centers on these two, uh, like they're kind of young when it first starts out, like she's like 17, he's a little bit younger, but a brother and sister. And their father was lucky enough to have like a bunker ready for them, which you kind of learn later on that there was some government conspiracy happening here, which is why they had the access to this bunker. But it kind of skips forward in time a little bit. So basically we're living in a post-apocalyptic world and You know, so it's kind of like any of those shows along the same lines. It's groups of survivors just like looking for food still or looking for shelter, looking for all that kind of stuff, looking to rebuild. But it becomes this really kind of different thing as it moves through. It's only got three seasons, so it just wrapped up. Like we just had the the finale season and it's like it's not the best. It's not top tier TV, but if you are into apocalyptic type stuff, sci-fi, um, anything like that, like The Walking Dead when it was really good, that kind of thing, yeah. um, I think you'd be into the show. It's um, yeah, it's just it's it's fun. There's a good love story at the center of it. There's an interesting like like I said, there's all this kind of government conspiracy that kind of fills in behind it. And and then, you know, it kind of becomes a battle between the two characters that we met in the beginning at the end. So it really has this nice full circle moment throughout the three seasons. So if you've seen it it pop up on your Netflix and you haven't been sure, I, I would recommend it. It's a good, it's an easy binge. It's like six episodes per season. So well, I'm going to look for that today. Yeah, it's, I mean, you got to give it a couple, you know, give it a couple episodes if you're into it. You are, if not, yeah, you know, there's plenty else out there, so. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I mean, speaking of other TV, though, I I like, I don't know what we're going to cover moving forward. I feel like the TV landscape is changing a little bit because of COVID. I have no idea. I know that there's stuff that has already wrapped that was just kind of in post-production that is still going to be coming out, like, you know, Haunting of Bly Manor. I know that's still coming because they had finished filming everything before uh, COVID kind of shut everything down. Uh, We know that Nurse Ratched, is that how you say it? Yes. Yeah, so this, that's a, I think that's a Netflix show, Ryan Murphy, Sarah Paulson, baby. So excited. I feel like it's not going to be the same as American Horror Story, but it might fill a little bit of the gap, you know? Yeah, yeah. So a bit of a little appetizer for us. Exactly. At least we've got Paulson. So, you know, I'm happy. (laughs) I hear you. I'm excited for that. that Um, We'll definitely be talking about that when it comes out. What there's something that starts like tomorrow. There's something that starts this yes. weekend. What is it? Lovecraft. That's Lovecraft it. Country. Yes, Lovecraft. Lovecraft Country. So, what do you know about that show? Well, um, I know it's going to be sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I will admit right now that I have never read the Lovecraft any of Lovecraft. No stories same so for once i'm excited that i'm going into something that has base material that i have not actually consumed right (laughs) yeah because usually i've consumed anything that's in a book form um before it comes to film or tv so i'm excited about that and i'm really looking forward to seeing what it's about because honestly i mean they're 
the trailers that they've put out, I don't feel like it tells you a whole lot about what it's going to be about, which is good because that's the element of surprise. But yeah. I know that there's a big monster in it. Right? Yeah. So, like, I've seen the trailer and it was mostly vague, but you definitely get the sense that there's some sci-fi or supernatural elements involved. And it, I don't know, the trailer fully sold me. And I have no clue anything about it except for whatever was in the trailer. <laughs> Same. But yeah, it seems intriguing enough. It seems exciting. So I'm sure we'll check that out and maybe talk about it next week. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, but I, I'm not sure what else. I don't know. I kind of, listeners, let us know. Did you enjoy us just like talking about our lives at the beginning <laughs> of the episode? Because we could do that. Because basically before Mel's and I record every week, we kind of just talk for like half an hour about whatever. So <laughs> yeah. we could just record that part. <laughs> Be happy to. There's always something going on. Always something. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I guess we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Love, Lovecraft. Con- God, that's really hard to say. It's hard. I'm just going to call hard. it LC. We'll talk about there LC next week and <laughs> maybe anything else that we're rewatching or anything new that comes our way. If there's a show that you guys are watching that you want us to talk about, definitely like send us an email or DM us on Instagram. Um, Come and hang out with us on Instagram because we're still we we figured out a way to elongate our damn fine TV challenge, which it's going to be going on until like October or November. I realized because it's sixteen weeks. So <laughs> nice, but it, that's been fun so far. Uh, so who's won so far? Uh, best pilot was The Walking Dead. Yes. New show was I am not okay with this. Yes. Best. <laughs> Drama, Twin Peaks, oh yeah. yeah, and a few of our friends on Instagram have told us that it's been rigged. Uh, no, thank you. Our listeners and followers just have great taste. Yes, yes. Um, and then best comedy. I was actually surprised that The Good Place won for best comedy. Have you watched that uh, yet? I have not watched it. Now I've heard a lot of good things about it, so I know that it's a pretty funny show. Yeah. I've not actually ever watched it. So it was surprising for me, but probably only in the vein of me not having watched it myself. Right. So I'm not as familiar with it. Yeah. Because I thought everybody would pick The Office. I was for sure about that. Like, I kind of had a feeling that The Office would make it to the final round. But, I mean, if I'm being honest, I kind of wanted Shit's Creek to win. I knew it me was too. a bit of an underdog, but. <laughs> yeah. I know. And then right now, like as we record, we're doing favorite drama episodes and it's looking like Game of Thrones, The Reigns of Castamere, and I think The Leftovers, International Assassin. I think at this point when I last checked the numbers, I think those two are going to be going head to head. So, Ooh, Mm -hmm. dun, dun, dun. I have a feeling Game of Thrones will win just because more people have seen that, but you know. Yeah. Both are very good episodes, though. I can't speak to the Game of Thrones one, although, I mean, I know what it is because it was so widely talked about, you know? So, yeah, I definitely know what happened, but, yeah. So, maybe we'll we'll do some more updates on the challenge next week as well, and, yeah, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thank you, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Damn Fine TV Podcast. 
If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Come hang out with us on Instagram and Twitter at TV. You can find me on Instagram at the.written.witch and Mel's at Superficial Mel's. And if you're watching TV, make sure it's Damn Fine TV. Damn Fine TV. I don't think that you can get too much Twin Peaks.